Hi, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show Dr. Walter Longo. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I was very intrigued by your book, The Longevity Diet. Uh, what, how did this all come about? How did you decide to write this? Well, um, it's really the uh, close to 30 years of research on aging. I started very early, back in my undergraduate year, to study aging. And, um, and now, recently, we published a number of papers on uh, human uh, epidemiological studies and human clinical studies. And so I thought it was the moment to, uh, to get it out there and let people benefit from uh, what I learned, uh, not just from what we've done, but what uh, many scientists and, and hospitals have done around the world, but with the focus of living longer, healthier, and not just uh, you know, losing weight or, or having some uh, temporary uh, beneficial effects. I have to uh, confess something. Years ago, I was very addicted to junk food. And I, I would uh, try to eat healthy, but I just loved fast food as a teenager. And, um, and it made me feel awful. I remember one day just getting super sick from it. And, and I would try different diets. And, and as you get older, I, I think you have to really pay attention to what foods make you feel good and what will help you long term. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, everybody wants to lose weight and reduce abdominal fat and some of the things perhaps people can do. Yes, yeah, so, so the book is really divided in two sections. And one is, uh, if, you, if you look at what I call the five pillars, so if you look at everything in science and medicine, uh, what, are, what is the everyday diet that, um, is, that should be adopted to make it to 100 healthy? Mm-hmm. And this includes the centenarian, you know, for monitoring what the centenarians are long-lived people around the world eat. So that's one section of the book, and of course it's harder to do. It's not very hard, but it's harder to do uh, for most people. And the second section says, well, let's, kinda, uh, let's think of the, the drug approach without having a drug involved. And so what would you do? What could you do that is the least invasive that could uh, help somebody that does eat hamburgers every day mm-hmm. and smokes every day, et cetera? It, of course, helps everybody, but helps more the people that refuse to do what's in the first half of the book. And, uh, and that's what the fasting mimicking diet uh, uh, is, and that's what the, the second half of the book is about. You know, so this fasting mimicking diet is 800 to 1,100 calorie diet, low sugar, low protein, high good fat diet. Uh, the last five days that you can do once every month to once every six months. Mm-hmm. And it can have long-term uh, benefits, but it'll, it'll be beneficial, particularly to people that have bad habits. And you really know from experience, because I was reading in a section here, hamburgers, French fries, and other unhealthy foods, especially Tex-Mex, remain my everyday diet throughout my undergraduate studies in Texas. Yeah, so I, I had as bad of a diet as, as you can imagine, and mm-hmm. I was a biochemistry student. And also, that was, that's an important really? point, because you think, you know, that somebody that studies biochemistry is going to know better, and I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, until my cholesterol started to get to, uh, to very high levels, my blood pressure got to 140, and I was, you know, in my late 20s. And, um, and so uh, that's when I realized I, I joined the Roy Walford Lab at UCLA, and that's when I started realizing that a diet uh, could have a tremendous effect on, on, on everything. And, uh, and, of course, I changed the diet. I started studying this, and, um, and my, you know, 
I've never used a drug. I haven't, I haven't taken a drug in, in 20 years now. Wow. Let's back up a second. In the very first chapter, uh, can you tell the listeners Caruso's Fountain? Um, because you have a background um, roots in Italy. Yes, my family is, uh, I mean, I grew up in, in Genova, Italy, before moving to uh, the U.S. when I was 16. And, uh, but my parents, uh, and most of my summer, I spent in this little town called Molocchio uh, in southern Italy. And Molocchio uh, turn, turned out to have one of the highest uh, number of centenarians per population size in the world. It's four centenarians for about 2,000 people. And they consistently have between two and four centenarians. So um, it's it just a very weird coincidence that I, I went around the world looking for the, the fountain of youth and to realize that the, the place where I grew up uh, represented one of the, um, uh, the uh, record uh, uh, longevity towns in the world. And, and of course, then I started becoming very intrigued and, and, uh, um, and made these centenarian studies uh, a central part of, uh, of the, uh, um, the method to, that mm-hmm. I use to come up with uh, nutrition uh, uh, recommendations. You have such an interesting background. Uh, I remember reading a section about how you were 12 years old and you were playing electric guitar, you know, learning Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, and you ended up living in Chicago. And, I mean, you were eating some of the same things I was, you know, uh, bacon and all these high-fat, saturated foods. I mean, how did you break away from that? I think that it was like that in in Chicago. It continued to be like that in Texas with the Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was uh, Walford, you know, the, the laboratory in California. Of course, California, then all of a sudden, it was the healthiest, probably one of the healthiest diets in the world, you know, at least on the West Side. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have the, the people that are really into the super healthy diets. And, and Walford uh, was probably the leading figure in the world at the time for healthy diets. And... Um, and he was working on calorie restriction, this idea that you just restrict uh, um, calories by 30%, you can live longer. Of course, that doesn't work. But the calorie restriction uh, it taught us a lot and taught us that diseases like diabetes and many of the cancers and even cardiovascular diseases are just a consequence, clearly a consequence of, of the diet that we have. And so, for example, monkeys that are calorie restricted for, for you know, their entire lives. They, they almost never develop diabetes, and their uh, cancer and cardiovascular risk is cut in half. So this is really remarkable effects of calorie restriction, but at the same time, they don't live longer. And so that, that's where our research came in. It's like, how, how do we get all these benefits uh, of calorie restriction without the, the problem caused by calorie restriction? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the fasting-making diet is what, uh, I think, achieves this. It's interesting. My father had cardiovascular disease. He had heart attacks, uh, open-heart surgery, and he passed away from uh, colon cancer. And I remember looking at him before he was diagnosed with cancer thinking, something is not right. Like, I could literally tell by everything, his skin color, everything, I just felt something was terribly wrong. Um can you talk about, um, I mean, you studied aging, right? Was this at yes. USC? Um, tell me some of the highlights of some of your studies. I know that's kind of a general question, but just anything you want to touch on? Yes, the, the, the latest, I would say that in the last uh, uh, five years or so, 
uh, we really focus on, on one side, for example, we publish on the protein intake and, uh, and also on the genetics uh, of the, uh, and, and the genes that are regulated by proteins. And in both cases, we've shown tremendous effects against cancer and also overall mortality. So people that had low protein diet uh, did much better than the people that had high protein diet, at least to up to age 65. Now, older people uh, did not benefit from having a very low protein diet. So that's one of the, the key studies. And also, when we looked at the population in Ecuador that has uh, mutations, genetic mutations, in the, in the genes that respond to protein, uh, high protein. So it's, it's like even if they have high protein, as if they had a very low protein diet all the time, and they were uh, rarely developed cancer and uh, rarely developed diabetes, even though their relatives living in the same houses uh, developing cancer and diabetes like, uh, like everybody else. Uh, so these are some of the key findings. And then, of course, the, the later work uh, in, on the fasting mimicking diet um, that uh, showing uh, the three cycles of the FMD in a study done here in Los Angeles, uh, we could lower uh, cholesterol, blood pressure, triglycerides, uh, uh, fasting glucose, uh, systemic inflammation, CRP. Uh, so it really seemed that it was uh, sufficient to have three uh, cycles of, of this uh, five-day fasting making diet uh, to have uh, remarkable effects on many risk factors for diseases uh, in the in the uh, general population, um, with uh, effects that could last up to an uh, over six months, but they were uh, being uh, uh, reduced, of course, uh, when once you moved um, to two three months away from the from the diet. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Dr. Walter Longo, uh, the author of Longevity Diet. Um, I I want to just touch on. Um, some general ideas in the book, and maybe you could elaborate. The longevity diet is uh, it's based on five pillars. Follow a pescatarian diet. Consume low but sufficient proteins. Minimize bad fats and sugars and maximize good fats and complex carbohydrates. Be nourished. Eat a variety of foods from your ancestry. That's really intriguing. Eat twice a day plus a snack. So I'm going to stop there. You know, um, I've gone on different diets, and I know there are all these different diets out there, the keto diet and whatever, and I feel like I just like to eat real food, and I never eat any cookies anymore. I try to stay away from sugar. It just doesn't make me feel good. Tell me how somebody could adopt the longevity diet. I think the book, uh, I mean, of course, it's got also a practical uh, recommendation at the end. Uh, there's two weeks of the diet for, for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to uh, really, this is why it's so important, the, the five pillars and the centenarian, you know, whether uh, Okinawans from Japan or, or people from Loma Linda, California, or Sardinians in Italy or Calabrians in Italy. It's really about, you know, using the science, about matching the science with diets that are very common and if you ask somebody in Sardinia or Calabria uh, why they eat what they eat, they're not going to tell you, I, I do it to live longer. Uh, they tell you, I do it because I like it. Mm-hmm. And, and so this was so important to me to, to convince people that you don't need to have a, a, a difficult-to-do diet to um, maximize your longevity. You just have to be very precise in what you select, right? right. And um, I also point out, for example, that the Mediterranean diet that we all hear so much about all the yes. time has very little effects uh, on, on, uh, on longevity and, oh. uh, and, and mortality from all kinds of diseases. Small effects between 6 
and 13 percent. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very di- very different range that what you can obtain by having a very specific diet. And uh, and uh, you know once you learn how to do it, then it's not that difficult. Uh, and you can enjoy the diet and, and at the same time uh, benefit from it. When I um, I was reading something, you were talking about um, it is possible the consumption of the wrong foods based on ancestry could be associated with many autoimmune disorders, including Crohn's disease, colitis, and type 1 diabetes. When I hear of somebody being diagnosed with one of those ailments and immediately they're on a medication, I think, well, let's be a detective and figure out what are you eating? What what are the factors that could be contributing that perhaps you could eliminate? Yeah, this is almost never done. And uh, because there are, uh, we don't train in medical schools or anywhere, we don't train people to do that. And that's what I also try to underline in the book. Uh, they need uh, uh, to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. And that's very difficult. It's not easy to understand um, what could be triggering this, but it can be done. For example, gluten is a great example. Right? In the old days, uh, food had gluten, but not a whole lot of it. Now people eat more of that, let's say pasta and bread, uh, but they, the, the food itself is made with a lot more gluten. Yes. So now all of a sudden you're starting to see the autoimmunities against gluten. And so the the, the this immune system attacks something that now is is become is seen at very high levels, never seen before. And uh, the other one is lactose, right? You know, if you're if you're from uh, Japan, your grandparents uh, didn't eat uh, didn't drink milk uh, as adults, and uh, uh, so most of Asians, but also most Southern Europeans, are lactose intolerant. And mm-hmm. uh, if you have a cappuccino every day uh, and you might start feeling sick and you don't know. You're not going to feel maybe very sick, but sick enough that eventually you might develop uh, a, a gastrointestinal problem. Right. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the, the things that, that really need to be central in medicine and they're not right now. It's really interesting because I've had to be detective with my own health, with my kids' health, and I don't drink milk anymore because it bothers me, and I, I avoid gluten. Uh, I feel fantastic. But I but I eat things like for snacks. Some people would say, that's odd. Like I'll eat sweet potatoes, and, you know, I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, and I just, you know, I kind of figured out what works, what doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and you had the time, and, and the um, uh, you were careful enough to be able to, to do that. Most people... Uh, are not able to or not willing to do that. That's why I think that it'll be good to um, to train the doctors and maybe even the dietitians uh, to do that job and to get people uh, because this is uh, um, a tremendous. Uh, for example, autoimmunity. I, I, I point out in my book, they're increasing by 17% a year in the world. Mm. You know, so that's that's a remarkable increase and very fast. And and so pretty soon you may have you know, uh, a big portion of the population uh, suffering from autoimmunities, and a lot of them are probably due to problems uh, that can be uh, um, centered or, or uh, that have to do with uh, the, the bacteria, the, the microbiota, the, the bacterial flora, and the, and the gastrointestinal system. Right. What's your take on uh, probiotics? As far as, you know, should people I like take- it and I don't like it at the same time, you know, for the following reason. Uh, the, if you, whether you, it's a drug or a probiotic, if you give it to the body, the body uh, starts 
depending on what you give it. Mm-hmm. And and now you're, you know, in the book I talk about in tune with evolution, right? So how do you how do you become in tune with your history? And historically, people didn't take probiotic. And um, so I think the best way to do it is to do it with good food, and the bacteria eventually is gonna uh, is gonna be the right bacteria if you have the right food. Uh, however, there are people in situation. Let's say you take antibiotics. All of a sudden, you find yourself with a depleted microbiota, and uh, you then you need probiotic, and then you need the right ones to rebuild. It may also be that you. You were sick. You had the the flu, and you know, or 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 some gastrointestinal issues. And in the, in those cases, I think it's probably a good idea to get the right probiotic, rebuild it, because you might not have necessarily the time to do it naturally, uh, or it might be difficult for the body to do it naturally, uh, especially when you introduce something like an antibiotic, which is a surprise to the to the system. Uh, now you may have no choice but to use the probiotic, and at least for a little bit, and then right. you know slowly, uh, or not the slowly, probably after a couple of weeks, I will stop and make sure you know if you if you feel better, uh, your 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 flora is being rebuilt, and and you're probably okay, and and just go go back to uh, not using it. What I really enjoy about this book, Doctor Longo, is. Um it's based on research. It's not like you're just hyping up another diet for people to run to as the magic solution of 2018. It's it's based on a lot of time and energy. Could you talk about how you became director of Longevity Institute at USC? Yes. So this has you know, been my passion since I, since I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And my, the mission was, uh, you know, how do you get people to live longer, healthier? And, um, and so everything I've ever done is not really about like a lot of my colleagues they they like a topic and they always work on this topic my topic is being how do i how do i get people to live longer healthier and that's it so whatever whether i had to do immunology or endocrinology or or molecular biology uh my effort was uh placed in what i thought was most important to uh, to achieve the goal in some in some cases we've done epidemiological studies um and uh, in some cases we've done clinical studies uh, or, or you know, went around the world and, and follow centenarians, and uh, or uh, you know, basic research in mice, basic research in yeast, and all of it is, is for the purpose of uh, then eventually put together these five pillars and say, I feel pretty confident that this is not just some idea. This is really uh, looking at the common denominator or so many different things that to fall apart, it it would be just unbelievable. Now, of course, things get modified, get improved, and obviously I'm all for that. And I, I always say I like to be the, the first one to prove myself wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really always looking at, at what we do and, and think, well, is there something that maybe we're not thinking that could, uh, could change our conclusion? But then again, you know, the centenarian group really makes me feel comfortable that in the very worst scenario, I'm giving you a diet that made so many people live such a long life that couldn't possibly be a bad one. Uh, I just want to mention, you're from an area in Italy where people have one of the highest uh, rates of longevity? Yes, so my parents, both of my parents are from this little town in southern Italy called Molocchio, and uh, and Molocchio turns out to have uh, a uh, about, uh, it had a peak of about four to, or possibly even five centenarians out of two thousand people, 
these represent one of the highest prevalences of centenarians in the world. So it's a very interesting coincidence that I, I traveled the world to, in search for the fountain of youth and then to find out, uh, <laughs> uh, like in the book The Alchemist, uh, to find out that my parents' town uh, maybe had a lot of the solutions already. But, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, people then say, well, did we already know everything? Is science not? No, we didn't. You know, there's a lot of grandparents and a lot of places that uh, look like they have the solution and they really don't. This is why it's so important to match this observation with the science, with the epidemiology, et cetera, et cetera. And then you put it together and you say, okay, yeah, this, this uh, dietary habit that people may have had in, in certain parts of Italy is the right one. You know, of course, uh, you probably have another 100 examples where the, the, that are the wrong ones. Right. I love the pictures in the book. You interviewed Salvatore Caruso, Emma Morano. How old were they, about 99? No, no. Um, Emma Morano was the oldest person in the world, 117. And in fact, wow. she was the oldest in the history of Italy. And uh, she was very close to being the second oldest of all time in the world. And uh, Caruso was 110, and uh, I think he was one of the oldest men in the world at the time he died a few years ago. Uh, so, yeah, great, uh, great to have. And Caruso was from my parents' town. You know, I mean, another incredible coincidence. You know, mm-hmm. the oldest man in Italy uh, saw me grow up, essentially, a couple of blocks away from my uh, grandfather's house. And um, so, so it's been a great experience to uh, spend time with, especially Caruso, but also Emma Moran. I visited her many times until she died uh, mm-hmm. just a few months ago. And, um, and yeah, I learned a lot uh, from, from them about longevity. But also it's great to, uh, it was great to talk to somebody in case Emma Morano, uh, born in 1899, right? Wow. So, uh, you know, in another world, she was really born when the world was uh, uh, completely different. From yes. Now. Where can people find out more about you? Well, you know, online, like if they wanted to reach out to you, do you have a website? Uh, yeah, we have a website. We have. Uh, well, I started a foundation called the Create Cures Foundation, mm-hmm. whose uh, purpose, mission is to uh, identify um, uh, therapies for advanced diseases or major diseases that are inexpensive and more effective than the uh, than the standard of care. So people can can write there. They can also uh, find me at USC in the Longevity Institute. And uh, I also have a, a Facebook uh, page called Professor Walter Longo. And um, and uh, we uh, update people on the newest uh, research, and um, and also on the studies that we do at USC and elsewhere. Fantastic. Before we wrap, is is there any specific thing you would like people to take away from this book? Uh, the main thing is, um, uh, you know, whether it's myself or somebody else, uh, be careful what book or expert you select because you know this can make a, a tremendous difference in your uh, in whether you make it to 100 healthy or or you develop a disease uh, uh, when you're 62. I want to thank you so much for calling in the show Dr. Longo this has been fantastic Dr. Longo author of the longevity diet discover the new science behind stem cell activation and regeneration to slow aging fight disease and optimize weight thank you so much thank you you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. If you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter. 
at moms underscore rock. That's M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. 